All right. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you for coming on my show today. I'm really excited. Loving my background issues today. So here's reality. <laughs> it's quite all right. So this is Terrain for everybody watching and listening. Um, he is, uh, well, I first heard anything about him through TikTok. And if you follow him on TikTok, it's behind the shades and it's very hilarious. <laughs> so go find him on there and follow him. Um, anyway, so he's a life coach. Um, he, he lives up in Canada and you're just totally goofy on, on TikTok and, but you also like are a life coach. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, the coaching that you do? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much Britt, for having me. So the coaching that I do is I mostly focus on men and women who want to find what they feel that they're looking for in relationships. And sometimes what I try to do is bring a little bit of humor to relationship stereotypes, such as a woman has to be five foot three and a hundred pounds and the man has to be six foot six earning a hundred thousand dollars. So I try to break a little bit of the stereotypes and to deliver that perfect or not perfect, but ideal man or woman to those that desire such. So do you play matchmaker? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but um, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Right. I'm I'm Cupid with the arrow, but I am fully clothed and not in a diaper. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that would be quite the sight, though. <laughs> Maybe you should try that out on TikTok on February 14th next year. <laughs> a giant, uh, yeah, a giant poster of me without a shirt oh on and a diaper God. on coming soon to cities near you. <laughs> I mean, you might be able to book a tour based on that. I think that's <laughs> from there. So, so on your website, you kind of have the four relationships of women and relationships, emotional awareness, relationship goal setting, and social interactions. I think you bring up an interesting point we should chat about is these crazy expectations that people have that honestly are so silly when it comes to what actually substantiates a relationship. So for example, there was this video of these two females on TikTok that were chatting and one gal said, Hey, so you have your dream guy. He's everything you want emotionally, you know, mentally, physically, he's like the perfect guy, but he just started his own business and he only makes $45,000 a year right now. And obviously this is going to increase over time. Would you date this guy? And the other girl responded and said, no. And she was like, you wouldn't. And she was like, tell me why. And she goes, because I want an eight carat, $200,000 ring. And he couldn't afford that. And I was like, okay, first of all, could you afford it? Secondly, <laughs> do you also expect him to provide a security detail since that thing's going to be seen from Mars and you're going to get mugged within like a day? So I, I, I see this as like a huge problem is everybody's like, oh, these guys have to be at least six feet tall, or you can't be this much weight or this or that. And it's like, where is the actual crap that happens? What if that guy, what if that guy gets burned in a fire it, or girl, you know, it's like, what is actually going to substantiate it? So what, what is your thoughts on that? Like, how do you coach people through the, the kind of, I mean, attraction has to be there. Let's be real. Yes, that is, a, that is a, that has to be there. Um, I, I personally, I'm like, I have to like your face. I don't care how fit you are. Like if I don't want to look at your face, which is what I'm going to be looking at the rest of my life and we end up together, like that's a thing for me, but you know, I don't care. Like dad bods are cool, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shallowness that takes place 
And there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I wanna be attracted to you. And these are the important things that I'm looking for. Well, I would say that dating in general is shallow. Um, we're very in a very uh, swipe left, swipe right type of culture. Yeah. Um, dating seems to be instead of a three course meal, it's more like a microwave dinner. Quick yeah. Easy. So what I would say to answer your question is I can't fault someone from wanting what they want. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is that is what you want going to be able to stand the test of time. So in the example you gave, I can understand why she said no, 45,000, because how much can you really build with a man that's earning 45,000? Now, if he has a potential to earn more, that's a different conversation. Right. Um, but it has to be more than that, mm -hmm. right? Like it has to be, if you're getting along with a person, if you know that this person is going to be a good parent to your children, if there's any children involved, are they going to be a good mate? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that should transcend income because here's the thing with income that I find a little odd. A man will make 45,000 and be okay living on his own, doing whatever it is that he's doing. A woman will make the same and be okay doing what she's doing, currently maintaining the lifestyle that she wants. So if you're okay to sustain yourself at 45,000, why aren't you okay to be someone's partner at 45,000? Fair. A hundred percent. So that should be a, yeah, so that should be a question people ask themselves because if I make 45000 and Britt makes 45000 that's $90,000 together, mm -hmm. still doing things that we would have been doing separately. Right. We'd still be going out to dinner. We would still be saving to go on vacation. We would still be doing a number of things, mm -hmm. right? So if you can do it together, the possibility of love, that should be a choice that most people make. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I mean, I know I have my own thoughts on the whole dating process. And I just feel like there's so many broken people that instead of taking the time after a relationship ends to do some work, to grieve, to heal, whatever, even if it doesn't end with cheating and it's not abusive and it's just a normal, Hey, we broke up. Like people these days, like you said, just want them the next microwave dinner. And it's, it's just, I, that's a big problem that I see is like, there's so many people that just jump to the next person. And then it's hurting people that just keep hurting people. Well, time is finite, right? We only have for you 80, you have about, about just over 90 years on this earth. And I have just, I have about like 83. So there's a difference, right, in how long we can live in for the average person. And women have to get their life together a lot faster than men if they want to have children because mm -hmm. of biology. So do women in general have the time to date for two years, take two years off, then date again if they want to have children? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Does a man have that time? More likely the man does have that time. But in both scenarios, you want to offer yourself as complete mm -hmm. as possible because the, the best example I like to give is when you go furniture shopping, when you go shopping for something in your home, you go for something that is either new or as new as possible or as complete as possible. No one goes shopping and says, I want that broken bed because I'm going to nurse it back. I'm going to fix it back. Right. And I think that's the approach we need to take with ourselves, saying that if I came out of a relationship for three years, and it ended 
for a reason that is not biblically serious. Physical abuse, cheating, things like that. It just ended because we drifted apart. Yeah. I need to identify the role that I played, how I can maybe resolve the role that I played before I move on. But these days it just seems to be, okay, I went from Christina, I went to Brit, I went to this, <laughs> and it's their responsibility to fulfill or to complete what I'm missing. I'm not, I'm a nine out of 10. They better bring that one. And if it's that, if it's attention, if it's loyalty, if it's um, affection, if it's uh, quality time, if it's affirmation of words, I'm just going through the five love languages as we speak. Right. Mm -hmm. So if it's something along those lines, it's no longer my responsibility to fix it because I'm at a certain point in my life that I know, and I'm I'm speaking general now that I know that I can still attract at least a decent enough person. And I think that's where many people fall into the category as I'm not bad looking. I have quite a bit to offer. There's always going to be someone else. So why spend time fixing myself when I know that Enrique down the street, who's been cutting my grass every Saturday, wants a piece of me. So weird to me. And I don't like, I don't judge it. I love to just like, I sit back and I watch it, but, but I do because, you know, as a, as a coach, but I'm like halfway through my degree for becoming a counselor. And I just hear like all of it and everything in between when it comes to dating or marriages or this or that. And I'm just like, just take some time. Even if biologically, like the kids is a situation, you know, I get that. Like you can't just sit and do that for two years in between every relationship but but I think um I think the culture itself like I don't know what your TikTok algorithm looks like but I think mine's getting messed up because I do a live with a guy who talks about dating all the time so I'm seeing all the crazy stuff that girls post but I just think culturally it's like I feel like men and women are being pitted against each other right now you know we have that Andrew Tate crap all over the place and, and then you have like, I mean, I see these, these videos of women with their unrealistic expectations and women are now saying like things like, oh, we're, we're just staying single. You know, the whole article about men are dying lonely, um, because women have just stepped up and we're not taking crap anymore. And it's like, what is that? What crap is it that I'm supposed to take? Like everybody comes with their flaws and imperfections. And I, I just feel like there's such an all or nothing mentality, not even just in dating, just in general, like you have to believe what I believe or we can't be friends. Um, you know, so how do you, how do you recommend to people to take that approach? Like no one's going to check every box and people are going to come with, with baggage. And then how do you, how would you coach that? I always tell the people that I do, the men and women that I deal with, mostly women these days, is that I tell them, list of five things that you want in a partner. You only get five. You don't get a hundred. You don't get 10. You get five. And out of that five, you don't necessarily have to rank them, but that's the person that you need to look for. So as long as they have that five, potentially every person that comes into your space should be given the opportunity to date. Now, if they meet the five and you don't give them an opportunity, then the question is, is the issue with that person or is the issue with you? Right. Right. Because there's no one walking down the street that is an A plus in school. Mm-hmm. Some people got B's, some people got C's, or some people failed, but at the end of the day, we're, we're, um, we're in progress. 
Mm-hmm. We are still being created. So I think that's the best approach and it limits us to thinking, as you mentioned, is that he has to be this, she has to be this, he has to be this. Because there's a blue collar five foot six man that is going to be a wonderful husband, mm-hmm. a wonderful father. And there's a woman out there that may be a little bit bigger than the average person, but she has a heart of gold. She's going to treat you right. Mm-hmm. She's going to rub your back. She's going to be your support system. So I'm not saying that you need to marry these type of people, but at the very least, these type of people need the opportunity to shoot their shot. Right. And what do you think about, because uh, I kind of feel like I, I, on two sides of the coin uh, in the sense of what are those five things that you're looking for and can you bring those? So, and I guess yeah, so- the reason I say that, sorry, is because on some level, those five things that you're looking for, I do want to say like you should be able to bring two, but then at the same time, um, maybe those five things or maybe three of the five things are things that you're looking for in a man because you know it can elevate you as a woman. Well, I would say that I used to think that. I used to think that um, the five things that I want in a, in a woman is five things that I should offer. But as I got older and as I began to expand and I traveled the world and I started to see a lot more, I don't think that way anymore. And here's why. Um, I'm a homeowner. I have a corporate job. I don't need a woman in my life that owns a home. Right. Um, I have a car. I would prefer, but I don't necessarily need a woman to have the car. One of the two of the, of the five things I look for a woman is there. I look for someone who is respectful, mm-hmm. not only to herself, but to others around her. When I mean respectful, I mean in the way she speaks, the way she thinks, the way she presents herself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be walking down the street with my woman and you can see her thong. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be out at a restaurant with my woman and she's spewing profanities. Mm-hmm. that's what yelling at the waiter in, in third. <laughs> exactly f this f that you know she sounds like a drunken sailor <laughs> and another thing is that what i look for is someone that is like you communicate in an agreeable in an agreeable way right mm-hmm. where I, there's a in my 20s i lived in an area where i saw men and women getting into fist fights and at that point i unless it was on television and it was a crime, you know, like when you watch the news, I didn't see people who are actually together in a relationship get into that type of situation. So when I saw that, it threw me off because I'm the type of person that if there's an issue, words are used first. Mm-hmm. If words cannot be used, then you need to figure out why you take a step back, you go to your space, you go to your corner, whatever, and you begin to understand And then when you understand why you can't communicate effectively and efficiently, then you come back. At no point do you have to get into that type of violence. There's a person, and she can see this or not. There's a person that I dated years ago. And I remember a time I was on the phone with her. And violence was normal in her household. But the strange thing, at least to me about it, was violence only happened between the women. So it was a family of five. There was... The mother, two daughters, and a son, and the father. The women, when they argued, immediately they would go to violence. You would hear, put down the knife, put down this. It was that type of violence. And then you hear the men crying in the background. So most people would think of that situation and think the men would be the aggressors. But Mm -hmm. these days, 
what you're having is you have some people, their first instinct is to be physically aggressive. And the reason why I find is that there hasn't been a consequence significant enough Mm -hmm. to deter them because words won't change that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I used to think, oh, if I'm asking somebody to bring this to the table, I have to bring it too. But I agree as I've aged and life seasons me and experiences cook me a little bit longer. I am more interested in like, I know I'm fine by myself. And um, that's a good place to be. I don't think that's a toxic place for women to, or men to function from. Like I'm on my own. I don't, I don't, need you I think there is that a big difference between need versus want and for me like when I'm looking at a potential person it's like are you okay by yourself am I okay by myself (laughs) um and I actually am like drawn to people that I'm like you know they have the good hearts and they and they're kind and they're hardworking and 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 the things that are important to me value wise but also there's just this piece where I'm like I want to be elevated in life at all times. And so for myself, you know, going to school full-time, working a full-time, you know, job in mental health, also doing my coaching and now this podcast, um, it's, I'm busy. And so to find somebody that can, can respect that hustle and also has their own hustle. I love that. That's very intimidating for a lot of men because they think you're not going to have time for them. And that's not the truth either. Like you, I think something people take this away, busy people know how to balance their schedule, probably better than people that only have two tasks. You know, somebody who's got a hundred knows how to slam out a hundred and two will be like, "Eh, I can wait on that. But anyway, so that's an important piece for me is like, it's not about me matching what that person can bring because then that's kind of boring. But I do love like when I think about like, oh, is this person go to the gym? Like I would love to have somebody that goes to the gym because I want that to be part of my life. And I, it's something that I suck at most of the time, you know? So, or think, you know, like, is he a good cook? That's cool because sometimes my days are really long and I I don't want to have to cook every night type of a thing. So I think it's, it's also about like, the blessings that you can bring to each other. Not about, I don't want to say like what I want to get from somebody, but it's how you can bless each other and level each other up because women need to do that to men and men should be helping their women elevate as well and improve. And I do think the biggest thing you said is communication. And so I'm going to ask this question to you because I know you've been a guest uh, with Bink and Mo on the TST podcast and I'm telling you, they're going to get us all roped in. They, uh, they want to bring us coaches back on and have like an open panel. So anyway, that might be coming down the line, but um, they had me on a couple of weeks ago and we talked a lot about communication. And this is a common question that I get is, so you start dating somebody, when is it appropriate to start having the the conversations like time-wise when it comes to how are we going to raise kids? What religions are we? Is there religion involved? What, 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 you know, who's going to handle the finances? Do we have separate bank accounts and then a joint one for bills? Do we just have joint, you know, these are important things. How do you fight? Um, How many times a week do you feel like you want to have intimacy, like sexual intimacy? You know, do we be intentional about, I mean, there's a lot of conversations that go into the long term. When do you think is appropriate? Because people get so caught up in that it's hot, it's new, it's fun, it's exciting, it's sexy. And oh shit, we really have this vibe. Let's go get married or partner off for life. But we actually haven't sat and had these conversations and they're trying to do it on the backside. 
during a fight. Anyone over the age of 25 should be having that com- that series of conversations within um, the first five dates. Thank you. I said after. Right at the beginning. <laughs> I was right at the beginning. What a guy would say, yeah. I agree. And, and then people, sometimes people give me crap about that. And they're just like, don't you think that's a little soon? And I'm like, well, what's your purpose of dating? I guess I, I need to know that. If you're just looking to sleep around, then I guess these conversations are irrelevant. But if you are genuinely interested in somebody, why is it too soon? Like, wouldn't you rather know if one of these things is like a big heck no for you sooner than later? And that's why I think it needs to start early on as well, because do it while it's good. Do it while the vibe is hot and sexy and new and fresh and everyone's willing to be honest, hopefully. But yeah, I, I people don't do this though. This is not normal because they're afraid of these conversations. They're afraid of the directness. One thing I want to know is how do you fight? When you're pissed off, how do you behave? Yeah. I think those are um, really important conversations. I, I, I 100% agree. And I would say that the reason why some people are afraid of that type of conversation is because they know that the relationship is going to go in a direction they don't want it to go. Mm-hmm. And one of the scariest things to people, besides public speaking, is being in unfamiliar territory. And if yeah. you ask someone, if you go to someone and say, I'm a black man early thirties. This is my religion. This is my belief. Some people are going to back away. Some people are going to say, tell me more. And some people will be like, I just don't know. The people that back away, it's better to have them back away within the first month than within, than after year, after the first year. Right. Because let's be honest, right? Um, I remember your age. I'm not going to say your age, but around our okay, age. Okay, I'm 42. I have no thing with age. 42. Okay, so around our age, within probably three to six months, we should know if this relationship is going anywhere. Mm-hmm. If it's going somewhere, then either you can have a LTR, a long-term relationship, you can become a lost partners, or you can be married. Right. If it's not going anywhere, right, because there's the branch. That's the LTR, common law, marriage. If it's not going anywhere and it's going to be this, it's either sex, casual sex, or just something else. Mm-hmm. But it can't be taken seriously, right? But once you have that type of conversation, that is going to determine it because we're not 18, we're not 16, where it's like, oh, he's so shiny and he's cute and he's a high school, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's a cheerleader and she's, you know, this blonde, voluptuous, right. well-endowed. Those days are over. It's, let's be an adult. Let's put our, Let's put on our big people pants we have bills to pay we have a future to build Mm -hmm. let's understand and you raised a good point where it's like a relationship should always at least a serious one should always be a want and not a need but don't go around telling people i don't need no man or i don't need a woman right you want one you want one because this world is built and we've evolved for companionship Mm -hmm. one of the worst crimes one of the worst, the worst crimes are you give to one of the worst offenders is isolation, solitary confinement. So why would we willingly choose that for ourselves when we right. don't even have to live that way? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that is important. Like there's two, I get a lot of crap when I say that I'm not a big fan of feminism because at its, at its really basic 
in the beginning, I believe feminism, the goal was equality. And I don't feel like it's equality anymore. I don't feel like any group, whatever that group is, not just within men and women, I don't even feel like anybody wants equality anymore. Everybody wants to be a special unicorn within their group. And because I, I believe that feminism, when it first started out, was fighting for the rights of men and women. And like, and, and then when you look at like sexual assault, like there's just as many men that are being sexually assaulted that just don't come out as women. And, and so like, we're not fighting for equality anymore. And so for me, I feel like the extreme feminists and this mentality has hardened women and women are afraid to be soft and tender and feminine and kind, like it's not a weakness. And I really wish women could see that, but that's where on the flip side, I, as a, working in mental health and things, I see how they're broken. And I, and, and, you know, like if you have experienced sexual assault or physical abuse and those things, that's going to take a longer break in between your then and your next relationship. But I believe like, I really want women to hear this is that you choose to heal. Like we can't, we can't control what happens to us. We can only control with what we do after. And as a sexual assault survivor, like I didn't, I didn't date at all. I didn't do anything at all for almost two years. Like I, I had to step back and I had to fix that, but I refused to become bitter. I was not going to be a man hater. I wasn't going to swear off an entire race of people because of the race of the offenders. Like that's, that's just very small minded. And I understand there's a place like you go real small after something like that, but then healing can bring you back out because there's such beauty. Like we need femininity and I don't mean prissy and I don't mean makeup and, you know, Reese Witherspoon in that movie where she's just like a big old airhead. Like that's not what that means. Women heal, like we're healers kind of at our core. And so that's what you're like, that's the difference between need and want, but you don't have to run around going, I don't need a man. Like, that's not cute. You know what? They don't want you either. Cause you're mouthy and you're just like, you're not even open. And that is a big thing that we see like women, I think are so hurt and they're so afraid to be, you can be strong and you can be soft. I'm not sure where that, where that mentality got broken. Well, I would say that um, I studied feminism. Um, I've read so much about it and I, I understand. I understand the purpose of it from the first wave to the fourth wave. Now I, I truly mm -hmm. understand and I can see how there could be some people. And I still think it's a minority, even though they're, um, they're becoming louder and louder as time goes on. I see parallels mm -hmm. to religion. Now, there's some people who understand the spirit of the holy books and there's some other people who take it and they weaponize it for whatever they want and what started off as i just want the opportunity to do this mm -hmm. right equality of opportunity i want to be able to go out and work the same type of job as a man if I'm able to physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever the qualifier is mm -hmm. to the point where it's no, I want your job 
even though if I'm not qualified to do it, I want it because of patriarchy, because of all these other things. And that's fine. What some people need to understand is if you're truly going to believe that the patriarchy is bringing you down, there's a specific group of people that could have started it. And those men that started patriarchy do not look like me. Nope. It's very likely it's the grandparents of the some of the people who are complaining. So you're still benefiting from what you dislike so much because you're descendants of it if mm -hmm. you believe in it. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, I think that men and women are put it are being pitted against each other because we've reached a point in in civilization where we are, for the most part, as free as we've ever been. Women are very educated, highly educated, in some cases, even more educated than men. Women are working just as hard as men, in some cases, longer hours. There's still an imbalance in certain areas. Men still work more dangerous jobs. Women still work more um, nurturing jobs, as you mentioned, the social services, the nurses, things like that, the teachers, the coaches. But it's putting us in a situation where we can have those types of conversation. And I think we need to have them in good faith and from a place of positivity. When you go to a relationship, say, hey, this is what I want. Can you give me this? And if they can't, don't hate that person. Just say, you know what? You're not for me. Let me go find the type of man or woman that I want. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful statement. And I and I do a lot of um, a lot of work about linguistics, honestly, inside of the mental health. Not even so much in my coaching, honestly, because I think it's really valuable to be able to say, you know what? I'm really happy that works for you. It just, it's, it doesn't work for me. And that's not a bash. It, we don't have to like tear people down because they think or live differently. Um, and I think coming back, cycling back around to like, wouldn't you rather know within a month than a year? Like we all are so, you know, most of us, I won't say we all, um, most people want that connection. They want that love. They want that type of a relationship. Why are, why are we so afraid to hear a no early on and instead of feeling, because then the, the flip side of it, like what you said is like, so now a year later I'm pissed off and we wasted all this time because that's how people come out of it. Squealing is you wasted my time. I, I, I remember about a year ago, there was this viral meme going around, like before you ever, before I get in another relationship, I'm going to need a five paragraph essay about how you're not going to waste my time, like something along those lines. And I was like, this is because we have lost the art of communication. We've, uh, we've lost the art of connection. Like it is a swiping world. It's a texting world. There's people that won't even answer their phone. People don't want to talk on the phone. Um, Kay, who I interviewed, who does all the dating, like the, he calls out the toxic women, if you will, on his TikTok. When we talked on our podcast, it was very much like, um, you know, if, if you try to pick up the phone, like if you're on like Bumble or something, you can do like a, a video face chat and people will like block you if you try to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, do, do we want to connect or not? Like, I'm super confused. And it's just like, I learn things every day that I'm like, I don't know why men are still trying to date women at this point. Like I hear some of the most wild things that women say or do. And I'm like, I don't know how you have the will to continue, but good job. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Um, and I, and I love, I love my ladies like, um, but yes, why, why can't we address this early on? Like, why are we so afraid? What do you think makes people so afraid to hear it 
at one month as opposed to one year or later? I would say, um, and I'm speaking in general here, is lack of um, options. So for example, if I waited my whole life to become the person that I am now, and I haven't been able to find a available suitor, I may be more likely to bend or even break some of the rules that I've set for myself or some of the parameters, some of the boundaries. We talk, you know how it is. We talk about boundaries so often, but yet how many people actually create boundaries and how, and of the people that create the boundaries, how many of them actually maintain it for the long haul? So if I'm in a situation where I like Susan, Susan is attractive, Susan is a t has a type of body that I like, but she has this one thing, which is a major no to me. It's either I ignore it and hope she can overcome it. Like a lot of people do with religion. Uh, you know, I'll just, when we get married, I'll tell them, oh, by the way, we're raising mm -hmm. our children this way. Mm -hmm. Or I roll the dice and hope that I can get someone just as good as Susan in the other areas. And she doesn't have that. And there's so many people who are afraid to roll that dice because they yeah. have time against them. And they have opportunity against them. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important too to figure out like what are you willing to compromise? Is that one thing something that you can compromise on or not? And that's like the big question. And I think it's sometimes I feel like it's hard for people to figure out what they can or can't compromise with because they they don't even know themselves fully yet. Not at all. Not at mm -hmm. all. And it's because compromise turns into that godforsaken word, settling. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Every single person on this earth doesn't settle. What no. most of us do is that from the pool of men and women that you can choose from, mm -hmm. you pick one. So there's going to be women. See, I'm I'm five foot nine. There's going to be women that are going to look for a man that are six feet. I can't get those women and that's fine because that's their preference. We all have a preference. Yeah. But if I choose a wife out of the pool of women that would date someone of that's five foot nine, I'm not settling for those women. I'm understanding my market. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm understanding my placement in the market and I'm choosing accordingly. It's a commodity. We don't go into the store and someone has pine saw in there and they complain that the market doesn't choose the pine saw and that then the, the owner of Pintel says, well, I'm settling for the millions of customers that want me, but the other million who don't want me, mm -hmm. we don't, it doesn't work that way. Just like when you go to a job and you don't get the job, right? You want the job to settle on you or you're going to continue to blame the employer. You become mm -hmm. better. And I think that's what is lacking is, and I told my, I actually, I told a couple of my male friends this as well, any person on this earth who wants a relationship, a serious relationship, and is unable to get one, it's not because they don't want to settle. It's because they're not good enough for the type of person that they want. Mm -hmm. So they need to understand to become good enough for the type of person that they want, attract them, catch them, lock them down, and mm -hmm. ride off into the sunset. Yeah, and I think the good enough thing is an interesting concept because is that man, like what is really out of somebody's league? What is good enough? What's not good enough? And, and is it actually that we're not good enough for this other person? Or is it that we're just so deeply insecure that we assume we're not? Because 
if that person's with you, if you're dating this person, they've chosen you. But if you're functioning from this deep-seated insecurity, that's going to bring problems that he's just like unaware of. That's going to at some point be his problem. I think, um, I think about this actually in my own world right now, because uh, I've never thought like I wasn't good enough. And after I, I, I got out of a four-year like abusive relationship that ended tragically <laughs> um, for me. And then I remember like my counselor would always say like, do you just like, do you ever feel like you're just not worthy? And I was like, hell no, I've never thought that in my life. Like I, I'm too good for him. It's just, you know, the abuse cycle, whatever. We won't go there. But having the potential at this point in my life with a man that is just phenomenal, which I don't think I don't have them on a pedestal or anything is flawed. I'm actually feeling like, eh, this is really nerve wracking for me because this is a guy that's like a different level of a man that I've never actually dated before. And it's challenging to me, but it's like exciting, but nerve wracking. But I, it's not that I don't think I'm good enough, but it's like, oh, you're a different level. And it kind of keeps me on my toes, but that's like, that should be a good thing. It's scary. It's scary to step into that. It's like, oh no, is he going to like, I'm going to run him away. Like, I understand that, but it's not like, um, but again, it comes back to like, this is also a person that I know we're, we're solid individually and like together would probably just, it's just going to be like next level and we're going to bring different things to level that up. So I think sometimes people, their fear or they put their own crap and, and project it onto somebody else. I agree. I agree. And I'm, and when I said not good enough, I mean, to actually get to the point where you're actually dating someone. Mm. Right. So if I would ask, so the way it works in the dating market is that the man approaches a woman most of the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So the woman has to present herself in a way to get this man. And the man has to present himself in a way to get the woman. Mm -hmm. Right. I come up to you and I say, Brit, do you want to go out? You have a decision to make. Either you say yes to what you see or you say no to what you see. Mm -hmm. But you have to put yourself in a position and a presentation for me to approach you. And I have to put myself in a position and presentation for you to say yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Now we're talking about heterosexual relationships or homosexuals, yeah. similar, yeah. but we're, we're just having that type of conversation. So right. when you get to the point where you're actually dating someone, yes, you can have insecurities because of your past. Yes, you can have insecurities because mm -hmm. it's different. But Different is good. And here's why. If different was bad, you would have already been with someone who's just like the other men that you were with and you would have been off the market. Mm -hmm. And that's what men and women don't understand. They continue to date the same type of person. It continues to fail the same type of way. And instead of changing what they're dating, they just continue on the path and be like, hmm, why isn't it working? Well, yeah. You're dating the same type of broken man. You're still, you're still dating the same type of broken man. So what's the expectation? Is it going to be insanity? Because that's what it is, doing the same thing over and over again, <laughs> expecting sure a different is. result. Yep. Or are we going to grow up? And mm -hmm. I think at the root of everything when it comes to dating, I think when you dig deep enough, at the root of it is maturity. Mm -hmm. There's too many immature people who think it's a game saying that, yes, I want, I'm average. Uh, I want to, a person that's in the top one percentile based on their income, their job, right. their looks, whatever. And what is the possibility of that? Mm -hmm. Slim. Right. right. Yeah. A little bit like unrealistic expectations. Um, 
I, and I think maturity and communication are just, they're, they're right there. I think it, it, you, you can't communicate well if you don't have maturity because that looks violent. That looks, that looks vicious. It looks like you're going to spew stuff out and like go for the jugular. And I think that that's really important to know about yourself. Like people have to know about themselves when you step into a relationship. Like we have to, we have to know what good we bring, but also our areas that we're always constantly trying to improve and be better on, you know? And I prefer directness. And I'll tell you from a woman's standpoint, for anybody listening, if you're a guy, and this again, we're talking hetero relationships here today, <laughs> um, be direct. Because there are so many women, unfortunately, that have come out of bad relationships, um, abuse of many kinds, and same with men. Um, and there's a lot of people on both sides that are overthinkers. And overthinking can just cause the death of so many things. Our own happiness, our own joy, but it sure can cost a relationship because we're making assumptions because we're not communicating and we're overthinking and, and it goes on and on. And so I think directness matters but that is like that's the that's where it comes back to like having those direct conversations might mean hey vibes cool i think you're hot you're beautiful you're all of these things but uh these answers don't really vibe with my with my soul check so i have to go but we're so afraid of it or if you speak directly as a female that looks too aggressive and i'm not talking speaking aggressively i'm just saying if you're direct sometimes men don't like that and then I tell women it's okay still be direct because you know what you're dealing with like if they can't speak directly with you that how are you going to communicate how are you going to have these tough conversations and then it's always going to be me against you instead of us against the problem yes yes and there's that um unfortunately women do bear that right if they speak up many of them are viewed as um being aggressive Mm -hmm. but I think it all comes, it's not, it goes back to what we taught as children. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. um, we should be able to sit down and have a conversation very similar to what we're having now. There's some things that we agree on very strongly, and there's some things that we view differently, um, but we're having a conversation. And what I think should happen is we need more of that. You see, the most toxic role, and I've told you this before, the most toxic relationship you'll ever have in your life is with your job. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to allow your job to treat you that way for the potential of either moving up or for an income, then you're saying to the world, or at least to me anyways, that your person that you're dating can speak to you the same way because love is worth, love is more valuable than money. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that as soon as your boss says something you don't like, you blow up. What right. I'm saying is that the way we communicate when our, our paycheck is on the line with grace and calmness and is the same way we should speak to the person that we love because we don't love our job. But mm -hmm. We love our boyfriend. We love our husband. We love our wife. We love our girlfriend. So we need people, honestly, people need to grow up and grow up fast because you look at our parents. Yeah. They were truly adults at 18. Mm -hmm. These days, we have 25-year-old, oh, I'm still so young. And you're an, you've been an adult for seven years. We need, to, we need to understand that. And I get it. Like, we're taught how to speak. We're not taught how to communicate. Mm -mm. 
Right. And there's a, there's a to, difference. Has to live in our head and our heart at the same time. A lot of people can be logical or they can be emotional, but they don't know how to connect that. And I agree. And I agree. And that's something that even though we're not every, we all come broken, mm-hmm. right? If we want to blame something, we can, and my generation, we blame my parents for everything, right? Millennials, we blame our parents for everything, right? Mm-hmm. So we can always find something to blame, but the generation before us, they were strong. And I don't mean that we're, we're just weaker. It's just right. what they went through they didn't hear the words, I love you every single day. That wasn't the norm. But nowadays, it's like if you don't hear it every other day, something is wrong with you. Not necessarily. Right. Like you need to understand that you need to communicate. Mom, dad, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. I would appreciate if you were to tell me this. It makes me feel good. It's an incentive for me to do X. And by doing X, I can help you with Y. Mm-hmm. It's a simple equation when it comes to that. But we complicate things because we want things that truly don't matter when you try to measure them against time. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important. That's the most valuable currency because we can't get it back. Mm-hmm. Do you think, it's kind of a two-part question. Do you think there is a difference between love and respect? And do you think one or the other is more important. I definitely think there's a difference between love and respect. And I think one is more important. And I will say respect is more important because love seems to be given and respect is earned, Mm -hmm. right? We will still love our mother and our father who physically abuse us. In some cases, we will still love the partner that I'm with that will sexually abuse us, Mm -hmm. right? But respect is different, mm-hmm. right? I I grew up without my mother or my father. So my love I, for them would, is different than the person I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Their respect is even less. Because I can't, as a grown adult, educated grown adult, respect someone that wouldn't be there for their children, mm-hmm. right? Unless it's war. If it's just like, well, I don't, I'm not ready to be a parent now. Let me... I can't really respect that. Even though they're my, my, my mother and my father, I can't really respect that. So we need to, one is earned, mm-hmm. and one is kind of inherent. What was interesting about that is when it comes to ourselves now, it's like right. we have to earn our own love, mm-hmm. but we're, it's easier for us to respect ourselves. So it's kind of interesting how they play when it comes to an outward mm-hmm. perspective and an inward perspective. Very much. And I think self-respect and, and self-love, like it's hard to have respect and love for others if you don't have that for yourselves. Now, I do, I do think self-love is complicated and that can be cyclical because if you go through some trauma or crisis or assault and things like that, and that piece of you is broken where you don't feel a lot of anything and you certainly don't feel worthy of love because that's what happens from these types of abuses, um, we need to let other people love us through those times. Like we have to lean on other people's love, but in general, um, I I agree. And I I sometimes like have a hard time, like, I guess how, how I, I sometimes wonder, like, I have to sit with this with one specific person in my life. Like, 
I don't respect you and, but I'm supposed to love you because it's a family member. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't feel either of those emotions. So when I think about that in the context of like a dating relationship, like I feel like if I don't respect somebody, how could I love them? It's such a weird, yeah. such a weird thing. But I do think respect because I think love, love and the, um, the emotion of love is big and small. Like it does this through a relationship. Like people get in these slumps, like they think it's, you know, it's not always gonna be this euphoric thing that it was in the beginning. And so uh, it, all these other things factor in, do I respect you? Do I like you? Um, you know, are we intentional with what we're doing? And then, and then this kind of leads me to the whole other concept of like, everyone's like, Ooh, 50, 50. And I'm like, that's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard in my life. If it's not a hundred, 100, I don't want it. And I don't care if your 100 is packed with your flaws. I expect that. And the things that you're working on and your goals, you know? Um, but if, if you're bringing 50% of you, I'm already uninterested. Thank you for applying denied. You don't get the job. <laughs> you know, I don't, I think that's a really, I, I think the intention is meant well, like, Hey, together, we're going to just create this thing. But again, age wise, um, I don't want to have to parent a, a grown man. I don't want to ask my partner in life to have to pick up after himself. I don't want to ask. There's just certain things that I feel like you, you shouldn't have to ask you know, and, and on the flip side, I don't want somebody coming and trying to father me and boss me around and do things like 100, 100. And I'm very like traditional in the way that I view a relationship. Like I do think the man is the head of the house. And the truth is, is that the man is the head of the house. It's like this, he, he might be the, the bearer of the message, but behind closed doors, like we're talking, we're communicating because nine times out of 10, the question, go ask your mom. Like I can't, even though my dad was the head of the house, it was still go ask your mother because they have that respect for each other. And, and I was also raised, like, even if you have kids, like your kids can't come before your, your marriage, because at some point your kids are going to walk away. And then you two stuck staring at each other and don't even know each other anymore. Don't like each other. So, um, that kind of brings me to another concept. I guess we can wrap up with this maybe is, why do you, why do we let so many people into our homes when it comes to, into our minds, into our hearts, when it comes to finding what works for us in our relationship? Because there's a war. There is just a war right now. Like women don't need men and men are sick of women. And, and heaven forbid the guy on TikTok says, where's the women that, you know, pack lunches and scratch their, their man's back. What's wrong with that? Like, why is that so offensive to people? I think that's a great question. Like, where did these women go? And why does that make me less of a woman or pathetic as a woman to want to give that to a man? Like, ultimately, if it makes more sense for the woman to stay at home than the man and the man's willing to stay at home and raise kids, like, why do we care? Like, why, why do we care? I don't personally, I'm just curious your take on it. Well, my take is um, I'm similar to you when it comes to um, how the household is is structured. Um, and to answer your question, I think the people that do that have always done that. They're the ones who always had auntie and uncle in their ear, mm. right? Um, they're the ones that if something is wrong in my relationship, instead of me talking to my partner, I pick up my phone and be like, hey, girl, could you believe what he did? You know what I mean? Or... You won't believe what she did. She's crazy again. It's one of those, right? Mm -hmm. But 
Yeah. We're more connected than ever mm-hmm. before. You know, and I understand just if I just a generation before us it was different. They didn't have the connectivity mm-hmm. that we had, right? If I'm going through a problem with my wife, right? And she's doing something, I was like, wait a minute. I saw a video on Facebook, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram about that. If I can recall the video, I watch it. And then you get influenced mm-hmm. by it. Right. So I, what I think should happen going forward is that the same type of energy that you're going to give online to strangers, because that's what it is. These people, not even your friends, not your acquaintances, mm-hmm. you should put that into your relationship. Because what you made a good point when you said the 50-50 thing. I think over time, that has definitely changed. I think 50-50, when it was initially said, was I come 100% me, you come 100% you, and it fluctuates. Me at 100%, as an individual, maybe 41% as a unit, mm-hmm. right? You as 100% is going to be that other 59, but it goes in waves. So yeah. one moment your 100% is 59, another moment is 41, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now we hear people saying that I'm literally going to give my 50% because if it goes bad, at least the other 50% is protected. <laughs> yeah. No, and you know you what I mean? A good point that there's times like maybe there's an up and a down, like where, you know, what if, what if your, your guy loses his job and you've got to step it up for a minute, emotionally, you know, financially, whatever, like it does come and go. And, and that's where I think, again, that respect, that respect and communication's always got to be at the core of a relationship because how many women start to like, oh, my man's not working and he's pathetic and this and that. Like, it just becomes so toxic. But I just feel like we just take too much in. I genuinely, I live by this. Like, if I don't know you, I don't love you and I don't respect you. I really don't care what your opinion is about me. Period. And I don't need anyone else in my world, including my parents or my siblings or anybody telling me how I should design my relationship. Because in all fairness, depending on that person that you're in a partnership with, that could look different based on the agreements that you guys have for that relationship, because not everybody feels the same way about things. So I just, you know, in, in a world where you say where we are connected, but we're so disconnected, like we are electronically connected but so many of us are emotionally detached from ourselves we're mentally detached we don't know how to have true belonging and true heart-to-heart intimacy with our female friends with our partners I mean it's it, it takes work and I think that's what people forget friendships take work it takes work to keep your job you know with that whole scenario and it takes work to live intentionally every aspect of our life has to have that. And we're just not seeing that. And so I think I I tell people, I'm like, if you're, if you're overwhelmed and you're anxiety ridden, you need to bring back in your scope, maybe stop watching the news, maybe stop being on social media so much and pour back into yourself, read a book. Let's do some old fashioned work here. (laughs) You know, read a book, you don't, instead of escaping with Netflix for seven hours, maybe escape to like a really fun fantasy reality book that you enjoy. You know, like I, I, 
I think it's a, it's a, it's this kind of like a sled, like we're seeing all of these issues, but at the same time, it's kind of coming back up where it's like, it's cool to work on your mental health. It's cool to go to counseling. Like it's being encouraged to do the work. And if we can change that generationally and stop generational traumas and beliefs and stigmas and redirect, I feel like that's that's the responsibility. And I do see it. I actually do see that. It's some, one of the cool things about the younger generation. It's kind of bizarre. I feel like my 16 year old niece has a better grasp of reality on so many things than some of the, the 20 year olds, like some, something happened generally, generationally there, but I, I don't speak in like all, all or anything like that, but it's, it's been kind of fascinating to watch. So on one hand, it's like, what the heck is happening? And on the other hand, I'm like, this is really cool because all these types of conversations get to happen and people get to bring it. And it just brings different perspective. Cause I'm not here to tell anybody they're right or wrong. I'm just never going to do it. How's that working for you? You, you seem to be the common denominator in your last 18 failed relationships. And they were all crazy. Why don't, why don't we sit in front of a mirror for five minutes, you know? Yeah. And you raise, and you raise good points because we're all, plug, we're all plugged into the hive, but we're not plugged into each other. So we have no idea what is necessarily going on. And you're right. There seems to be this quick change where it's just detached for a minute. Just mm-hmm. take a step back and understand that it is good for the mental health aspect. And I'm a champion of it. And I love that so many people are going yeah. forward and saying that, yes, I'm going through this. But what I also notice is that there's some people who are creating a life of victimhood. Yeah. And that's probably equally as scary. So I think what we need to do is we just need to understand that, hey, I'm as a person, let me become the best person that I can be spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And when I go out there to find a companion I want to find a companion that at the very least can give me companionship because that's where it comes down to. And the theme of what we talked about today is you want that companionship, but as you're searching for it, learn to communicate well mm-hmm. and be mature. Mm-hmm. Everything else should work out because before the last 20 years, maybe it was working fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But now it just seems we have a, it's like revisionist history. We have a strange way of looking at history. We're saying that, yes, all those marriages worked back then, but they're beating each other up. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> Is there abuse? Yes. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to say that, well, the men were beating their their wives. Yeah, there was, there was abuse. Right. But if you look now, what do we see now? We see women attacking men. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have to come to a point where that... Is it that violence is always going to be a part of our history? To a degree. There's always going to be crime. Mm -hmm. But we need to understand that, hey, it's not me against you. Right. How about if we could come together and say us Mm -hmm. against the world? That would be a better conversation. Yeah. Both in relationships and as humans. (laughs) I think, um, I mean, I I think I could just chat with you for hours on these types of things. Um, But... um, I just think I'm I feel I feel more excited than I do like holy cow when I look at things because there is a shift that's happening there's awareness that's that's coming about 
there is bigger platforms to find those things. Um, and I would challenge anybody listening or watching to not always look at things from the perspective that proves your own points, like challenge yourself, you know, step out of it. Like if you're willing to have a conversation with somebody, like if you step into a conversation to be right, you've already lost is how I feel about it. Like maybe somebody can point out something that's going to challenge the way that I think about something. And I live for that. Like, I love it. Cause I like to get uncomfortable and be like, Oh, making me change my mentality on something. Dang it. But it, it, but that's the cool part. Like that, then it's fun after you get out of your ego for three seconds. Um, but, um, it just, I guess in closing, um, I ask everybody, this is a final question. What anchors your heart, mind, and spirit? I would say helping others. Um, that's a big anchor for me. And just knowing that I'm making a difference, whether it's positive or even negative, right? Um, I don't want people to be indifferent. I think I fear that more than a negative experience. But as what anchors me and what definitely keeps me grounded as well is just the ability to help people. Um, I've trained myself that way. Um, I've researched myself that way. I've educated myself that way. So that's one thing that keeps me anchored. I love it. And where can people find you? You can find me on facebook.com/slash/behindtheshadesfb. You can find me on www.behindtheshades.ca, and you can find me on anchor.fm/slash/behindtheshades. So, anytime you search behind the shades, think of me, and most likely I'll pop up. And if you want to see him be mute, go find his TikTok. <laughs> and you will be very entertained <laughs> with all of his shenanigans on there. It's a completely different version of this man you're seeing right here. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we all need we all need um that escape and that and that detox. I think um, mm-hmm. being an adult is difficult and mm-hmm. everyone find your path to being silly. Yeah. TikTok is a good way to be silly or for the women out there, because I know every woman has a wig, go put on your wig and dance as you're cleaning. Just be silly. Forget the yeah. bills. Forget the children. Forget the husband. Forget the boyfriend. Just be silly because being an adult these days is very difficult. It is. Fine play. Fine play and, and just be a dork. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you again so much for being on here. I know you have a very busy day. You're a wanted man. You got a lot of more, uh, a lot more interviews happening today. So good for you. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much yes look forward to our next conversation yeah absolutely and i know we're probably going to get sucked in with bink and mo collectively as well (laughs) (laughs) well have a great day thank you so much bye bye bye